Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, you are about to listen to Richard Hang's Leicester Square Theatre podcast with me, Richard Hang. I will be on tour with my new show, Happy Now throughout a few in October and November, but mainly next year, 2016, in the spring. If you go to richterring.com slash happy underscore now slash tour, you can see all the dates for that, see if I'm coming near to you. I'm going to all the places that I usually do quite well at, mainly, so it's worth booking ahead for most of them. I reckon you'll be all right in York and Milton Keynes, though, where I'm playing enormous domes, basically, to 50 people. Uh, I hope you will come and see that show. All the work I do on the road helps me to pay for doing all this internet stuff. So, uh, And it's funny as well, hopefully. I don't know. The show doesn't exist yet. Thank you very much for listening. Here it comes. It's Al Murray this week. I'm very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who doesn't know what letter Luton Town begins and ends with. It's Richard Hurry! Thank you very much. Hello! Welcome, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as some of the cool kids have begun calling it recently uh, in uh, Shoreditch. Uh, Leicester, that's what it's called. Oh, that's what it's called. So it's spread to central London. Uh, I'm going to remember to do this uh, straight away because I keep forgetting to do these extra bits. Uh, Matt Locke paid some money for me to say something in the opening monologue. Um, what he wants me to say is, don't worry, I just wanted to give him money as I love listening to Leicester. Thanks. So that was a waste of money from Matt Locke there. Uh, but he could have made me say anything he wanted, and he just and he didn't even want me to say that, and I said it anyway. We're going to meet some people in the audience. We're going to meet this young lady here who has an I paid a pound badge. They can get those from uh, Uh What's your name? Matilda. Matilda. That's a very popular name now. 
It wasn't when you were called it, though, was it? How you, were, you were the only one, weren't you? And that's nice. It's good. She's magic, Matilda, isn't she? And she can make levitate things and read books. Do you like reading books? Yeah. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Uh, so, uh, oh, you can have this one. It's called Talking Cock uh, by Richard Herring. It's there. You can have that for free for being the least nerdy man person who's ever sat in that position. What do you do for a living, Matilda? You're an architect. Fucking hell, what's going on? What's happened? Look, that's the, that is the bloke. That's like a composite photograph. It's like someone has created a 3D image of a typical Richard Herring. Look at him. Look at him. There's not enough beard there. He's still got a beard. A Marvel thing. Got architects in here. Are you with, are you, are you with Matilda, sir? Um, this is my girlfriend's sister. It's your girlfriend's sister. <laughs> what, 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 what? Was your girlfriend meant to be sitting there? No. Why have you come out? Does your girlfriend know that you're here with her sister? What's, her, what's your sister called? Freya. Freya. Fuck, your parents are dicks. Uh, so, how, what's your name? Dean. Dean. How, did you, how did you get it with someone called Matilda Dean? You come up from the council estates, Dean. Bit of rough, that's what happened, isn't it? Uh, what, what's the story behind you being here with your girlfriend's sister? Your girlfriend doesn't want to come. Why on earth would someone called Freya not want to come and sit in the front row of my audience? I can't understand it. She's been to see other shows and decided she doesn't want to come back. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So you brought, are you hoping something will... I mean, it's the, it's the dream, isn't it? It's every man's dream. Come on. It's not your dream. It is. It is his dream. That's quite, that is quite insulting to Matilda that it is not your dream. How could you be so rude to Matilda? Not, she could say, it is my dream, but I'm not going to act on it because I'm too much of a gentleman. That is the right thing to say. Yeah, that is disgusting. He wants to have sex with his girlfriend. Yeah, ever found, it doesn't work the other way, does it? It's not as exciting to sleep with your girlfriend's, your sister's boyfriend. No, not for Matilda. Bad luck, mate. What, what, what do you do for a living, Dean? Psychiatrist, how do you think I'm doing? <laughs> Can am I what? Muddling on through. Do you think I'm mentally ill? <laughs> just I mean, or do I have to pay you for you to tell me? Is that how it works? Okay, all right. Ah, that's how that's how he does it, Matilda. That's how. He, let's go somewhere more private. Just I've got this. You just have to look at this watch. Matilda, just watch that. That's how it works, isn't it? I know what you, that's how you do it. I've seen you guys. Anyway, let's crack on. Uh, my guest this week uh, is, he's best known, I think, probably. It's a lot, a lot of things he could be best known for. But he's best known as the man who was visited by the urban men on the 1990s TV show Fist of Fun. That's what we're all here to, to see him talk about. Will you please welcome Al Murray, ladies and gentlemen? Al Murray. Al Murray. Welcome. Sit there. Come on in. Wearing a very pink shirt. Peach. It's summer, isn't it? It is the summer. It's not. It's September. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> Dressed like that in September? Are you insane? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Just remember, nothing no. topical. Uh, don't talk about uh, FIFA and that guy all throwing right. all that money okay. at that bloke. That, no one will understand what you're talking about. He's dead now, that guy. 
been rubbed out for some reason. Uh, do you remember much about the Fist of Fun Urban Man? Actually, yeah, sketch? I do. I do remember it because um, I remember at the time you had that show up and running, and me thinking, well, you know, known each other a fair while. I might get few parts in this I got one part in it and I was really pissed off <laughs> I'm like oh th- thanks a lot it's a good part though, it was a good it? part it was a great part it was a really funny sketch that and, and made funnier by the conditions under which it was filmed which oh, was you basically torturing friends of yours by making them run around in the cold in their underpants we were there as well it was very cool. were you was, yeah, we were well? men as well it was because we did that one in the back someone's back garden That's which right, at least yeah. we could come inside and get a bit warm yeah. freezing cold we were running around on there was a bit where we were running around in like a you know an abandoned building yeah. knocked down and yeah. then someone was eating one of the urban men was eating someone had been run over <laughs> something like that uh, and it was so cold we were just we were wearing yeah. there were urban men who just wore pants they're like urban, like foxes. urban foxes it's really it's high they were men isn't it it's a high concept thing it's a good sketch and you yeah, had lived something about this because there's four of us in the back garden you said we called them George, Paul, John and yeah Wayne. I know I, I came up with a funny line for you it, made that it? up yeah. and because Ringo uh, was Ben Moore yeah, that's right yeah it worked very well gosh ah. when was that it was 91 no it was about 95 alright okay we were very young and happy do you remember <laughs> do you remember those days <laughs> <laughs> and you're also best known as the drummer from Evangelista, the band. Who Evangelista, were, yeah. Who were the house band for Club Z. Yeah, they but we're never in any of the books about Club no. Z history. I'd forgotten <laughs> you were in Club Z. We, yeah, I know, I was in it. I was in it for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, no, he was the favourite bass player. Bass, but this is one of my actual questions. Evangelista yeah. was a, a pop, pop yeah. band you were in. Who was yeah. the favourite bass player? You notoriously had a lot of bass players. Which uh, was Paul, your favourite? Paul one? Hewitt. Okay, he yeah. was the best one. Yeah. Anyone interested in that question? I think I have found the question for Al Murray that nobody would possibly be interested. This is wonderful. <laughs> That's what I'm going we for. We had two really good tunes. Yeah. Mm. Hum them now for me. I can't remember. You can do the drum part. I can do the drum part, yeah. Because <laughs> you played drums with Phil Collins. Yeah, I've played drums with Phil Collins. Yeah. McFly, you've played, drum, you played the drum. I turned I've played, on the TV. I've played in the, in the band that do stuff for Queen as well. They yeah. aren't quite Queen. I've played with them as well. Which was really frightening, properly frightening. Right. Yeah. Because Brian May's in front, and you, you know, yeah. you don't want to mess it up. What would you know, he do, Brian May? Because he's. Well, he's set, he'll set those hounds over, he foxes to hunt <laughs> he's, on you, isn't he? He's very angry about the. <laughs> he's, very, he's, he's the defender of woodland creatures, it's rather <laughs> sweet. Anything, does it have to live in a kind of burrow for him to be interested, basically? Or? I think probably, yeah. yeah. He would be upset about the urban men, that's the thing. If he yeah, knew he those urban men were out there <laughs> being chased, they were chased by huntsmen. Do you think by the time we're doing this that fox hunting will be legal again? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> thought you knew about thought you knew about politics now, that's why I got you on. <laughs> well, I don't know, because it's clearly it's a trap, isn't it? It's a piece of political manoeuvring. It's a trap yeah. by the Conservatives to to uh, to flush out the SNP and bring in this evil, this thing called evil, which is really funny. Yes. English for English laws, but it's really funny that it's called evil. English votes for English yeah, laws. laws. Evil. It's really good. It is. It's but dick like, it's like politics, evil. isn't it? It's I like propose evil my evil plan. <laughs> my evil scheme begins. Like, you know, Prime Minister, we need to change the name of it. But it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, Rich. No. What you did know. No, I have no idea. So you've been doing, you, were, you did a character called the Pub Landlord. Yeah. That some, some people might have seen. But you've been doing quite a lot of stuff, like as Al Murray. 
Yes, uh, yes. Um, like a lot of documentaries yeah. and books. Yeah, bits and pieces and books and some radio and, and stuff, yeah. Is that a conscious decision to move away or to move in tandem? No, it's, to, it's the conscious decision to earn money doing something else. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, because I tend to tour, I tend to do like a two-year chunking of chunk of touring. So I have six months off and I'm meant to be writing, put it together, tour for for nine months, then extend for nine months with other bits and pieces. So so to to stay fresh and do other things, to do things as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it it it's not to move away or you know I mean I really love the kind of the kind of language that goes with all this you know are you are you have you quit have you retired I thought you'd finished doing it and you think no we just haven't just not on tour at the moment you know I mean I think the pub landlord it seems to stay relevant it seems to have survived I think if it was not going to survive it would not have survived well, by I get, now what know? I really love is uh, it, what's been interesting about the la- about the last six months. Is people saying to me, "Your act out of date and irrelevant." You think, "Have you are you paying any attention to what's happening in politics right now? Any at all?" Yeah. And 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 that's why I mean, the, all of what happened this year came from one line in the show that I did last year, which was which is you know, country's ready for some bloke waving a pint around or offering common sense solutions. <laughs> that I wrote a show based around last year, long before we ever thought of um yeah. of the Thanet thing and. Uh, uh, that was the line because because I, I think there's been this this way of looking at the world this bubbling under this reductionist thing the the, the way the pub landlord thinks hasn't gone anywhere no and wasn't wasn't new when I came up with it either uh, if I'm honest no do you think that UKIP were do you think there was an element where it was slightly reverse engineered from the pub you know that that the pub landlord <laughs> Because it worked so perfectly for you to come oh. back. And we will talk about this at length. We might as well talk about it now. No, it no, is, no, no, it is, it no, is we'll come, no. save it up. Okay, we'll save, save it up. Save the we'll, gold. We'll work up to it. But it, do you think, you know, that is sort of, it is interesting. I mean, that character obviously is appealing to people as well as they're laughing at it. It's, yeah. it's often difficult to know. I and, don't, but that doesn't matter. No. That's like an argument against... I always think that argument is an argument against art, against yeah. creativity. If someone can, can't look at a portrait and get different things from it, yeah. then it's an arg- you're arguing against imagination, creativity, and art itself. If, if a piece of art has to have a label on it which says, you've got to take from this this one thing, yeah. or you're stupid, or you, you're, you, you're incapable of subtle thought, then it's not art, it's a, it's a failed thing. And uh, I, I've, I find I've, I'm bewildered that, that that argument gets put forward quite often by intelligent people yeah. who just haven't haven't considered what they're saying at all. I think it's quite interesting that I think it's also once you get in front anything in front of a lot of people, yeah. then there's going to be a, a lot more yeah, diversity of, diff- of opinion. Because lots of people are different. Yeah. Know? I mean, wow. I mean, so, it's- <laughs> well, I think it's, it's sort of interesting because I think Stuart Lee was always one of the people who would make this accusation yeah. about it, about the audience not understanding it or not getting it. How does he it. know? But Well, A, he doesn't know, but also now if you look at his audience, I think there's a, if you look at his audience online, there's a lot of them who don't necessarily understand <laughs> Well, someone the, today the, the, the on Twitter irony. said to me, Go watch Stuart Lee on Context to, to figure this out for yourself. And I said, well, I lived with him for two years, so I don't really need another lecture about fucking Context of him. Right? But it's, I think it's kind of... Because you can't control... You know, how he's at the point where you've got... The, the audience point of that art, You can't control the but, way your audience reacts to your stuff. But that's the point of art, is yeah. you can't control what people make of it. You put it out there. You hope that some of them understand it. You, I mean, jokes as well. There was the thing with jokes. Uh, I don't get it. You can get things and not like them as well. You can... You, you, you know, there's, there's more than just whether you get a joke or not. There's, you can get a joke, not like it. You can find some jokes funnier than others. I mean, yeah. it's... It, 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 these things are never as simple or as binary as people want them to be. want to box them in and categorise them. And, you know, 
these are arguments that against creation and against creativity and art and you know, which isn't to say. I mean, you, you end up, you start talking like this. And you, I'm, I'm not saying I'm. It's art. What I do is I'm an artist. But but that is. It's essentially a destructive argument. That yeah. And you know, I think there is an element of how do you know what how they're laughing? How can anyone know? You're judging. I don't know what they're laughter. laughing at. I don't know what they're laughing at. I know they're laughing at the thing I've come up with, but I don't yeah. know why. Because and I, I don't want to know why. I don't want to. Know, I don't want to peer into your head and find out what you think. That's mental. That's a mentalist's <laughs> strange way to behave, isn't it? And 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 very often, I mean, I, I I also think what goes with this as well, and this is a kind of a a, a current thing at the moment, is things are expected to be labelled. At the moment, you're supposed to announce your intentions. I think there's certainly a lot of stand-up, and people are doing that, announcing yeah. their intentions. Uh, why? I, I assume my audience is going to keep up with what's going on. If they don't, then you know that's all right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a you know it, I, I've, every now and again I have a review, and I know what the reviewer wants me to do is at some point go. By the way, vote <laughs> Labour. Well, I'm, I'm not going to do that because the pub landlord wouldn't do that. No. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, you are restricted. But I mean, it's, yeah, it, when it takes the nuance out of comedy and when it takes any, you know, things... Comedy, in, in a sense, has to be misinterpreted a little bit. You know, that's the, the, there has to be some confusion within what you're saying. That's, yeah, where, yeah. that's what a joke is, that, that, yeah. that we're not sure or there's a double meaning or there's a two ways of taking stuff. So when, we do, when you're doing something like the pub landlord, which I think has always clearly been an idiot... Who might occasionally say something that some people might well, agree with? But, it, then, stop, but then stock clocks are, are wrong twice a day. Well, they isn't are, it? And that's know, the why. Idiot, and and the Ted idiot Heath, uh, had yeah. sex with bad boys yeah. and killed people. <laughs> that's what that stock clock keeps on saying. Keeps on saying it, and I'm listening to the stock clock. It's a reference to the last podcast. Yes, I. Uh, right. <laughs> but that was in uh, September, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was last week. Only a week's passed since then. It feels, it feels, it feels like longer. Um, the words were hanging heavy in the dressing room backstage. <laughs> but no, it's, it really, I find it interesting because it is, you know, the more, um, you know, and I'm sort I don't know, the more that people worry about comedy and worry about what the way things are being taken. I mean, I think you have to up to an extent. You are, you are still, uh, as a comedian, you have to take the repercussions if you do something that is actually evil, <laughs> but not many comedians do that, really. No, not many. So, really. but if if you're so worried about offending people, or that if you are sort of going, I'm not trying to offend people here, it, you do you can tie yourself in knots, which some comedians get out of, but it yeah. also does or yeah. get something out of. I just uh, well, I mean, it, these things also run into when you, I mean, my experience of doing radio on the on the BBC, which of course is the greatest institution the world's ever known, and I'm not saying that because they pay me um, <laughs> to work for them. Um, uh, uh, when you go on that, they, they always, there's always this, this, this tango with the people in compliance. And you want to say to them, don't worry, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to yeah. go on radio at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning and call the Pope a cunt. It's all right. <laughs> that might be what they're worried about, that you but start it, with well, that. It may, it may be. No, but it's, it's amazing how, how yeah. you know, kind of worried they get. And we, I mean, we've had some... Uh, with this with Seven Day Saturday, if any of you listen to it, thank you very much. Um, uh, and we... We really enjoy making it, but although the cricket's on now, so um, basically it's just, it consists of Andy Zaltzman watching the TV <laughs> and the guests sat opposite him going, what? What's going on? <laughs> Why are you not listening to me? Uh, uh, um, but we were on air the week of the, the murders in Tunisia. Right. And so you immediately get, you, you, you know, understandably, you get, you get the kind of compliance thing of, please be careful. The idea that you wouldn't be. Yeah. 
you know, uh, uh, and and I always think you should you should assume that your audience are bright and are going to keep up, and uh, and maybe compliance people should assume that the comedians are bright and going to keep up and going to make make discreet decisions and discreet ju- judgments, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but in the end, you in the end you, you can't control exactly what where we were a moment ago you can't control what people make of a thing but almost the compliance you thing you may be mad to try Stalinist to try and say you know yeah. this is what you should think of this but the compliance thing almost is part of the BBC trying to destroy itself it seems to me that it was you know it's it's that the BBC is being so anxious to be seen to do the right thing and be seen to be fair when it clearly is fair. I mean, if it if it had political influence over the last election, how come the Tories and one and the UKIP got three million votes or whatever? They well, got? Yeah. So they, they they are a left wing bias, but it's the most fair thing. But like the compliance thing, it's part of the reason I'm doing this because yeah. my these podcasts came out of yeah. doing t- radio shows and them saying. Don't even swear in the yeah. warm-up in case there's someone from the Daily Mail in the audience. You're going to go, what? This is so restrictive. If I say something wrong, it's your job to edit it out. But don't. Yeah. But you know, I probably won't. But if I do, yeah. t- take it out. That's yeah. that's what I'm, you're the safety net. So it's kind of weird when it's becoming so restrictive yeah. and the BBC well, it's is, the permanent bugbear of charter renewal and all that. And then yeah. they get and then they they make these moves to try and assuage it. And it, it, it's that thing of they've given the inch and the you know the mile will get taken. Although of course it was it was some it was some comedians who created the situation in the first place yeah um so well done fellas <laughs> <laughs> russell brands responsible for a lot of things the election was his fault as well wasn't it that was telling people not to vote does anyone listen to do you think anyone listened to russell brand about that and about yeah not voting? enough you think so yeah i think what's interesting with this of course it did you know some people will have done but but you know I, I, I get the sense with his stuff is he's kind of preaching to a choir anyway. So. Yeah. But what's interesting is the minute that election's over, because no young people voted, the, the government doesn't have to care about what young people yeah, think. Well, so, so the young old, people, we maybe need to figure out how that equation works. Yeah. <laughs> so know, all the pensioners have, haven't they? Yeah. You know, you well, get exactly. socialism if you're a pensioner, pensioner. Yeah. Um, everyone else had better turn out and vote if they want it for themselves. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know. So let's talk about it then. Yeah, so... Right. so it's, it was it was an interesting decision. I really liked the the decision to stand. It was it felt like a, a, a great piece of well, it is a bit like the Lee Nelson thing yeah. uh, of, of, of FIFA that happened back in July. Yeah, uh, where where it's an. Act- did, you, did you do the thing in uh, Glastonbury the, the previous month? To yeah, that? it did. Yeah, yeah. So it was about four weeks before. That, <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, that yeah. still works. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, to actually interact with the world in a satirical way, I've, I've, you know, I think, like, it was, it was so for uh, the right time to do it, I think, mm. with, with, with Farage. Uh, it felt to me like it might make... I mean, I don't know if it did make any difference. What do you think? Do you think it, do you think it was part of the reason he lost? Or 318 people <laughs> rallied to my cause. But um, a vote for me is a vote denied for anyone else. Yeah. So, it, no, our God knows. But I mean, it also, but it made him, you know, what the satirical element was, was for you to stand next to him at any point, but certainly in the, when, it, when the announce, announcement came out, but at any point is to make him look ridiculous and yeah. to point out that he is the same Well, as but you. also the whole thing too. Yeah. Because, I mean, when we, we did, I mean, actually, one of the things we made sure we did not do was say I was running against Farage, that I was running against UKIP, we were running against everyone, yeah. against all runners and riders. Interestingly, all the people who told me I was making a mockery of democracy seemed to be UKIP supporters, right? <laughs> and I was kind of just hoping for one Labour supporter to come and say, you're making... But it didn't happen. I don't know why. But we... And, and we'd modelled 
all of the output, all of the satire and the book on what everyone was talking about. Because, because we've entered this really sort of um, strange... I mean, I think we've entered this really strange kind of odd kind of politics where Labour would go, you know, 8,000 nurses if we get in. You think, well, all right, then, 8,001. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, 20,000 new doctors. Brilliant. Yeah, 20,001. Yeah. You know, and, it, and if that, has it come to that... Yeah. You know, and, and, and that, and so we got, we got quite stuck into that. And actually when the Edstone came out, you know, the, which was just, there you go. That, that, that's where we've got to, yeah. right? The Edstone, you know, there's some people, bright people thought that was a brilliant idea is, is glorious, right? We did a fag packet or we'd done a fag packet <laughs> with our five pledges on, including free dogs. And because <laughs> people like dogs. Because that's what this election de- degenerated into, a series of, yeah. a series of essentially um, unmanageable, uh, undeliverable promises. And the R fag packet looked so much like the Edstone. It was kind of like, well, have they been, have they been, are they following the R to its feed? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they are. You know, it was amazing. But I did it... I la- last year, I'd written a show about politics. I'd done it already, because I knew the election would be coming up. And I also found Twitter and, Twitter and politics a particularly interesting uh, thing to watch. Right, because Twitter called the election so uncannily well. Twitter has also um, brilliantly predicted how Greece was going to face down Europe. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, 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 the mood on Twitter and the way politics gets expressed on Twitter, I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'd written a show all about politics and obviously there was an election to come and I knew, I, and I'd, I'd figured that Russell Brown was going to write his books. It was going to be a thing that was in the air. And then um, I was at, I was at a gig in Cambridge, and I've, uh, you know my old friend Gavin, yeah. right, who I've known since I was like 10, and he's basically the only, the only person who, if he says, I don't like that routine, I listen to him. Right. The only, only uh, you know, I, other people are going, no, I don't, fuck off, and, or I'll, I'll, I'll think about it and, and figure out the five rebuttals. But with him, I go, yeah, okay, probably. Right, I, don't, I don't know why. And he said, he said uh, you're going to run for Parliament, aren't you? We're in a pub after the <laughs> gig, you're going to run for Parliament, aren't you? I said, what? He said, well, come on, you've got to. You've got to run for Parliament. Because I was do- at the end of the, the last half hour of the show, it was literally, um, let's create a manifesto of common sense promises to save the UK from itself, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, yeah. and, and you know, the people put up and asked, what are you going to do about this? So I was doing it, and he said, you're going to have to run for Parliament. And then, you know, light bulb, doink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's Nigel Farage running? <laughs> uh, and so we went from there. And then what happened is that week, Russell Brand, having told people not to vote, which I basically... Um, no two ways about it. I think I think it was a disgusting thing to do, but and wildly responsible. But there you go. That's because I'm a boring old fart who believes in the establishment. <laughs> mm, fucking crap. And um, uh, uh, he went on Question Time that week, and that bloke went, "Well, why don't you run then? Why don't you run, Russell?" And he went, "Oh, I can't, man, because I'll just turn into one of them uh, paradigm <laughs> dialectical." <laughs> Not red Piketty, but I'll say it, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Karl Marx, well, he said this, yeah, because Karl Marx was addressing mid-19th century problems with developing industrialisation in this country. Anyway, not the point, right? Um, not the point. Um, uh, and, and, that, and, and, you know, that happened on Question Time, and my manager then rang me, rang me immediately and said, you, we have to run now, we have to run, we've got to do it. So then it, it just it, then it turns out it only costs five hundred quid. You fill in the forms, <laughs> and you're off. And uh, you need a you need a, an office either in the constituency or an address either in the constituency or in the neighbouring constituency. So you can you can have an agent's office. 
And uh, after I'd announced it, um, just after New Year, my old drama teacher from school had rang up. And I'd not, you know, not spoken to him in a very, very long time. He rang me up and he goes, oh, I live in, uh, I live in South Thanet now. <laughs> Retired to there. Do you want to use my address? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and then we needed 10 signatories because you need, you need the address and you need 10 signatories and the, put your 500 quid down. And, and, uh, and the, the, I said to him, uh, anyway, oh, you, you, would you be a signatory, please? You know, thought, might as well. Uh, actually, no, I, I don't think I will. I thought, okay. <laughs> I can't count on your vote then, Mike. <laughs> but even, f- and, 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 and then, of course... I mean, the interesting thing was, was it really was like putting my head above the parapet. It was really interesting. Yeah. And really, the, 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 we, did a, we, did the, we did a day, we did a day where I turned up to, to submit my initial papers or whatever at the start of the long campaign. And then, and we'd done that ad in the Metro as well. Um, so it was all sort of happening and bit announced. And then we did the second thing where I was supposed to do the parachute jump and I was too heavy. And... Um, <laughs> Just so funny on the day, and we are—we are. I mean, everyone involved. We are all rolling around on the floor, like laughing at us because it's so fucking funny. Because right? I've skydived a few times, and, I, and, yeah. I, and, and uh, although the last time I did it properly, I did get to the door of the airplane, think, "Why are you doing this?" You, I mean, you could die. You know, it's just a terrible thing to do. But I, it was a bet, and we made a friend do it, and all this sort of thing. Anyway. So I said, why don't we do the stunt where I parachute into the constituency, literally? You know, let's, let's literally do what they say I will be doing, right? <laughs> you know, why not? You know, join, play them at the game, you know, or, or take part in the game and comment yeah. on it at the same time, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so we went to this airfield in Kent, turned up there, and got there very early. And, the, and the, the, there, were, there were 15 cameramen or something, and local papers, Sky, everybody, basically. Danish papers, someone from East Guinea or something. Uh, or somewhere like that, or West Guyana. I mean, I don't yeah. know, right? Um, and, and we get there, and, and, uh, and it's me and, uh, me and uh, my um, agent Bjorn was there, I think. Was he there? I can't remember. And um, Dan, Dan, who does my press, and Tris, who does all the internet stuff. And we get there, and I weighed myself. You know, I, I knew I had to be a certain weight to be able to jump, because it's tandem and everything, and, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to kill the other person as well. And I pay the money, or I'm about to pay the money, and we, we've been through the full safety briefing and everything, and I'm going to do it in, 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 the, in the costume with the jumpsuit over, over it. So when I've landed, I just unzip it, James Bond, and get out the, get out the costume, and I'm in pub landlord garb, and we were trying to think of a way, of, is there a way of bringing down a pint in a, you know, like... The answer's no. Right? <laughs> and, uh, and she goes, okay, brilliant, love. Uh, just one more thing. Can you get on the scales for me? And I get on the scales and she goes, you're overweight. And that was the end of that. Right? <laughs> so we then have to, we then have to, we then find ourselves actually in a like news management spinning situation <laughs> where the, our brilliant plan's gone horribly wrong. We've got to come up with a statement to deliver to the press because the press are there. One of the, we, we, we say to the, the parachute people, please don't tell anybody, right? And they, they tell one of the hacks. So immediately, one of them comes over, is it true, you, true you're not jumping? So I don't know about that, I don't know what you do with me. And, uh, and then, so eventually I do a statement, and I do this whole thing about how I'm a victim of the obesity epidemic. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, quite tightly written, you know, eight joke thing that, of course, they all ignored and, and went, look, these two fat are cunt. Right? And the, pa- papers, the papers basically ran with, look at this fat cunt. And I, I'm, going, I'm going, yeah, I, 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 met, I know, right? 
I've said so. We've made a joke of it. And then, and then, of course, you get the hornets on, on Twitter going, look at you. Yeah, I I'm, I'm at ease with this, you know. It's uh, really not, you're not really, they're not, you're not really getting me with a silver bullet there. So anyway, so then we went into, Than, into Sandwich and uh, did a, a press launch and everything. That was the last thing you needed at that point. Well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> The issue was maybe one too many. Because <laughs> we were going to do sandwiches in sandwich with the, you know, because it's shit politics, because <laughs> yeah. that's what they do, yeah. right? So we had a thing in a pub, and, um, and there was a guy from the, the reality party called Nigel, because there were two Nigels in South Anit, reality party guy called Nigel, which was Bez's party. Right. And they're kind of, their manifesto is possibly what you might expect it to be. Right? <laughs> right? Although, you know, some very positive food bank stuff and all that sort of thing, yeah. but... But quite a lot of the things you, you might expect them want to be legal. Yeah. Right? And, <laughs> and he turns up and he starts yelling at me, going, you're not a real pub man. And like, you know, I know that as well. Right? And, it, and, and then what happened is, the, is we had the full thing with the, with, the, with, the, with the media. And what was actually disappointing about dealing with the, the broadcast media is they kept going, you went to Oxford. You're not a real pub landlord. What are you doing? You're making a mockery of everything. No, 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 no. Play, if we do this together, we'll get something. You'll get something more interesting out of it than simply trying to trip me up. Yeah. And we came out. I came out the other end of that day quite sympathetic in a way with what some of what politicians have to put up with because all anyone wants them to do is slip up. They want them to say the gaff. They want them to catch them out so they get the scoop. So they derail the politician. The politician's out off balance. He's caught out or she's caught out. You know, blah, blah, blah. And that's all they're interested in. And they will ask you, also ask you, the, there was one guy from BBC Kent who asked me the same question probably a dozen times. I'm mean, actually the same question. And by the end, I'm like, for Christ's sake, you know the answer. So, you know, and then I've lost my temper. And then it's like, you know, uh, they use that one and you look like, you look like you've lost it. And I actually came away, because no one has to be a politician, you know, so I came away from it with a little, with a, with a, with a like grain of sympathy for, for some of what they have to put up with. Yeah. But it's interesting all the stuff you're saying about it. I mean, it's so spun and everyone's so yeah. trying to... I mean, and this is the point you're making, but partly. But, and also everyone's trying to appeal to, the, to what they think people want. Yeah. Don't you think that politicians should not be allowed to poll the public and just have to say what they think and then we decide? Well, I think as a result of this general election, there's a very strong argument for no opinion polling for the last couple yeah. of weeks, like they have in France or like they don't have in France. Yeah. I, I, I'd say. But, I mean... But, you know, it's just like if, if a politician is just trying to say what they think you want, yeah. I think it almost, you know, I think part of the success of UKIP is down to someone coming in and seemingly going, I'm not going to say, you know, even though I think it's more and more spun as it goes on, mm. but it's a bloke coming in saying, I'm just going to say what I think, and this is mm. what I think. Well, that's, and so people yeah. sort of respect yeah. him for that. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's, he's the outsider. Yeah, yeah. He's got all that going for him. Um, um, we did have a problem when we were doing the content. It was, we'd get outflanked by them, though, all the right. time. You'd try and say something really ridiculous. and You'd think, yeah, that's really funny. No one would yeah. ever say that. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> 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 oh, they're all the way over there on the right. Um, uh, but, you know, we, we, it, it was really... I mean, it was an interesting thing. It was... I mean, it... it by the, by, I was so glad when it was over. The last, the last two weeks were, were really, really... There was a lot... It was sort of oddly pressured. Um, uh, and I got quite... I sort of got fed up with the... With sort of getting in the way of just being a comic and getting on yeah. with the, the tour I was on at the time. Because, of course, we did it spontaneously, so I had to fit it all around a tour. So at the crucial um, campaigning period, I was in Norway doing gigs. <laughs> <laughs> 
And what was really funny with the journalists is it took them, it took the, it took the TV media about a month to go on, online and look at my touring dates. And they'd come back and they'd go, you aren't even in Thanet on the night of the election. So, yeah, I know, we announced that date a year ago. Right? It, 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 really funny how um, kind of essentially unwell briefed they were. I'm not yeah. going to say lazy. But if you'd won... Would you have written yourself or the public? If I had won, and I did, I did think about this. If I had won, and, and I didn't think about this because I have a towering ego that needs satisfying. I, I just, you know, because I, I was in it. You've got to be in it to win it. I could have won it. Um, I would have done every. If, if this was a, if this was a MP surgery, I wouldn't be in character. We'd be, I'd be taking you seriously and listening to you seriously, right? In the House of Commons, I would have gone in in character. <laughs> And been shouting things like objection, objection overruled, <laughs> like not <laughs> clapping. Although again, I've been outflanked there. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and I'd have done it in, I'd have done it in the blazer. I'd have done yeah. it in the in the blazer, and probably I would have probably done it for a year, and then uh, dined out on it for the rest of my life. Yeah, because it would have been an amazing thing to have done. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, that's the other when people say, "Why do you do it?" Because I thought it'd be really funny. That's why I did it. I thought it'd be really, really funny. Yeah. And in general, it was. I mean, there were some hairy moments, but in general, it was funny. Yeah. And it's good publicity for your tour and book. Well, no, the book came out of doing it. Yeah. So the, the, the book wasn't... The, 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 that egg and chicken don't happen in that order. But, you know, everything... I, mean, I don't think it's... A, I'm, I'm being... No, no, no. Well, I, no don't, I don't think... Well, again, it's just, that's one everything's of the, publicity for... Well, you know, yeah. we're, we're trying to sell something. Well, so that's it. That's one of the silver bullets. That, 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 you know, the uh, um, angry, in, angry Exile 2 um, would come out on Twitter and go, you're just trying to get publicity. I'm in show business, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just attention-seeking. <laughs> Fuck me, I am. <laughs> you know... <laughs> And it's not like I the other politicians child. aren't trying well, exactly, to get Exactly, exactly. And then the people going, look at you pushing product. Um, with, when the book came out, look at yeah. you put, using this to push product. So all I'd ever, if someone tweeted me that, I'd, I'd send them the link to Nigel Farage's book. Yeah. That was out at the, the two weeks before mine. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a, you know, I'd quite like to see, um, and when you did this, I, I, I think a lot of comedians are interested in politics. And I think the political system needs massively changing. Yeah. Like, just, you know, start again. But it only ever does. To, well, I mean, I think you could modernise it. You know, I think Russell Brand saying, let's have a revolution, it's to, you know, you need to use democracy to, to change things yeah. in, a, in a positive way, which you could do very easily because not many people are voting and mm. that's why UKIP again is working because mm. all the people who want to vote for UKIP vote for them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, people aren't, people who believe well, that stuff aren't voting for it. And but you, then, could, you could have a comedian's parliament... Yeah. Where 650 comedians stand in 650 oh, constituencies, and then they get in, and then they just change okay, things. Yeah. I just, I think there's just a few things that need to change. The Houses of Parliament should be turned into a hotel and a tourist attraction, mm. and you use the money from that to build a proper yeah. Parliament that can seat everyone who's Couldn't a agree MP more in the centre of the country, maybe where mm. it's cheaper to build. <laughs> mm. You've got that prime location, so we can make a lot of money from that, and also the building isn't fit for purpose and it's costing lots of money to. Upgrade. Uh, probably just bring in proportional representation straight yeah. straight off the bat. Just you need. Well, if no, you're you going to have democracy, you've got to have democracy. I don't. I don't care. I think you know. I think UKIP. It's it's terrible that UKIP got all those votes and, and got one seat. It's that's disgusting. Yeah. Because that if you believe in democracy, it's got to be democratic. But if you scale that proportionality up, I got more votes than the SNP. <laughs> If I'd stood in every constituency in the country. <laughs> and got 318. Yeah, 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 I'd have got, you know, I've, I've made that figure up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the, 
No, I mean, the, I mean, I, no. There, there needs to be a reckoning. There needs to be something changed. But I mean, the interesting thing and about it is we, don't, is we just don't know what's around the corner. No. After all, I mean, and you'll know this is better than I because you paid much more attention at university. It was Disraeli who brought in the Great Reform Act, didn't he? Who, who went, okay, this doesn't work. I'm going to have to change the way the vote works yeah. and bring more people in, involve more people again. And he did that by extending the franchise, which didn't look like it didn't serve to his advantage initially because because no. then Gladstone got voted in, and maybe. At some point, if our politicians, they know that somehow they've got to reconnect and they're not going to do it by going on Twitter or doing stones with waffle fucking engraved on them. Disgraceful mistake, right? They're not not going to do it by doing that. They may have to do it by going, by giving actually how people vote the shake, even if it costs them being in government because they need to, they need to, they need to claw back some credibility. Yeah. I think, and that's the way to do it, isn't it? Sometimes the way to act credible is to do something that's not in your interest. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I just think none of them, none of them are doing that and then that, that that pushes them further away and the Labour and Liberals have managed to self-destruct anyway, so they might as well have done. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's sort of incredible we've ended up in a situation where the Tories have a majority and are likely to have so for the foreseeable future yeah but they may yet they may yet implode over the EU which is you know 18 months away that vote or something we yeah. I mean we don't know yet and they may yet that may yet they may all, half of them might go tonto on that which might be really interesting <laughs> need to start again that's all I, I mean I just the, the, the House of Parliament is so and it's interesting the SNP going in because they are like they're a bit more like regular normal people yeah and so they behave like normal people yeah. and it's not all A the jokes that politicians do are so bad yeah but if the jokes and then are, everyone goes oh if the jokes were good like fucking if the child. jokes were good I mean we'd be out of work Rich <laughs> well no I'm not sure I think it'd be nice that it'd be entertaining just in, intelligent people who are entertaining who don't just you know the, the, the jokes show how stupid the people are because the jokes are bad and intelligent people can tell good jokes yeah but and don't need to go but to by the formats. same token I think I'd be a really shit MP I don't know I don't know if you no, would I, I think no I know I would I haven't got the application <laughs> I'd, I'd get bored I'd go oh, I don't you know whatever yeah that's probably who true. cares about the underpass for the hedgehogs <laughs> I sort of think it's because that was the interesting thing we, we, uh, when we when we did we did do some a little bit of canvassing and focus group stuff and the, the thing I found most fascinating about about that was you have a general election to elect a national government and all anyone wants to talk about is dog shit <laughs> and literally that was the number one issue with everyone in uh, certainly in Ramsgate they don't put the dog shit up right? so I'm voting for Nigel because he'll fix that you think well, what he's going to come around and pick up all the dog shit <laughs> he offered to do I that. mean, I mean maybe maybe you know maybe uh, and that's really interesting that the local issues that they weren't voting on were making up their minds about the national ones and mm. that you know the, the, there's a proper tension and problem in our in our in our politics, because you know, bins, the street out front of your house, the part with dog shit in it, those are the, those that's your actual right in front of your environment, you know, yeah. in or out of the EU is a bit more esoteric, possibly. They should pay politicians like £150,000 a year each and no expenses, but it's an important job. Only yeah. people complaining about the rise, and they should pay them proper money. Mm. It's a really fucking important job, well, and, and you want people who'll do it and then not do something else. And no, the reason they aren't being paid proper money is because of this thing. People going, well, they can't have a pay rise, yeah. And so they ended up fiddling their expenses because yeah. because they felt they weren't being adequately rewarded for the job or doing other jobs. So no, yeah. if you're an MP, you shouldn't be allowed to do any another job for the time you're in the parliament. You know, you say I'm going to give up my other well, job. Well, because if you're a minister as well, you're an MP and a minister, so yeah. you've, got, you've immediately got two jobs. Well, yeah, but within. Yeah. You know, you can't go and write for yeah. two thousand pounds 
uh, columns for the Times or whatever it is that Boris Johnson does or whatever, you know, but, and all the other stuff as well. Anyway, that's just my... That's what I'm going to do when I do... A, that's what, the next election. Are we going gonna to man the barricades for that one? No yeah. more Boris Johnson columns. <laughs> it will be. That's what, that's what I'm <laughs> most upset about. And so you've had to, to deal subsequently to doing this with a lot of... Um, <laughs> a lot of people on Twitter. I was yeah. going to call them idiots, but well, well, and f- Facebook as well. I mean, yeah. on Twitter, you, you, you get someone go, "You are a traitor," and you go, are, "Are you know?" And you go, "Okay, well, why do you feel that?" And then they they go, "You know, you're not standing up for what you believe in in your country." And I go, and you think, well, you by starting off by calling me a traitor, I don't think that we're really going to get along, <laughs> right? It's not the best opening gambit, is it? Like, and some of it very heated. And then, of course, the thing that always gets wheeled out is, you know, people didn't die in World War II for this. And you're like... And, and you know, and I actually had a, got to the point with a bloke on Facebook where he's going on about it. My grandfather did die in World War II, right? And he's telling me what the war did, did, did this and that and all that. And you think, you know what? Fuck off, right? My mother never knew her father because he died in World War II, so we could have the freedom of expression. And expression includes going, ha-ha, aren't politicians hilarious? Or isn't politics funny or saying whatever you want yeah you know and it, and uh some of it made me very angry and but some of it was really really funny because um my motivations uh became a big subject of um kind of like mind reading and discussion yeah the, the my favorite because it's really mental is last year there was a newspaper that um ran a or there's a genealogy website that did a press release about who, who that david cameron was related to me Right? right, that we're cousins, right? Because um, someone in his family married someone in the my family, the Thackeray thing. And my my great 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 grandfather is William Thackeray, right? Who wrote Vanity Fair, mediocre novelist according to Richard Stew, <laughs> back in <laughs> back in the day. It's the great. I think it's the greatest satirical novel of the nineteenth century. But there you go. Anyway, um, maybe the nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. I'll take the nineteenth. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can confine it to that. It's fine. And uh, and. And someone in Cameron's family apparently married someone in Thackeray's family, right? right? But that's 200 years... I mean, it's 200 years ago, right? They married each other. I'm not, of a, I'm not in the... I'm not in that, you know, bloodline, you know, nationalist's bloodline, right? Not in the bloodline, right? So we aren't cousins by any, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. Or if we are, so are 800,000 other people, right? The year before, they said he was related to Kim Kardashian. And the year before... <laughs> The year before, they said it was related to Barack Obama, right? So, but anyway, so what, the, what you had is people going, I oh, hear, he, he, you know, kippers, basically, or frothers. And, you, you, go, you know, what, what I prefer about Facebook, in a way, is you can go look at their page, and they, and they tell you everything you need to know, you know, like, the, uh, uh, you know, all the kind of Britain first and all that kind of stuff was in there, right? And uh, just Facebook's political temperature is very different to Twitter's, I think. Tw- Twitter seems to lean left. There's 800,000 likes on Britain First on Facebook, right? So right. it maybe in the other direction, right? Um, anyway, uh, um, where was I? I've distracted myself. Bollocks. Well, oh, you kippers. Do yeah, yeah, yeah. So they go, well, your cousin Dave. You're yeah. doing this for your cousin Dave, right? And I said, well, I'm not his cousin. Yeah. Yes, you are. Look at this article. Then, you, All right, read the article. Nah, probably not cousins. Yeah. Right? And I said, so what? You're actually telling me my long dead relatives have put me up to this? <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, even, there was one guy, and what, what, I found really, what I found really interesting about a lot of these conspiracy ideas is people don't test them before they fire them at you. There's one guy, you know, my grandfather was an ambassador, right, um, uh, in the 60s, in Greece, uh, as it happens, and then he was in the consulate in um, Egypt and then in Spain, and uh, I think he sort of specialised in trying to deal with fascist governments, post-war fascist governments. I don't know, though, because he died when I was 13, 14. We never got to talk about it. But according to someone on, fa on Twitter, he, nevertheless, before he died, managed to put in the necessary calls at the Foreign Office to ensure that I would do well as a comedian. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it takes. Yep. And then, the, then, of course, the other one is I'm a, I'm a Tory stooge. The Tories have put yeah. me up to it because of my cousin, and they've paid me to do it, right? They paid me to run in Thanet. Now, if you were the Conservative Party, you want to win the seat in South Thanet, surely what you do is spend the money on the candidate, on, <laughs> on the Conservative candidate who's running in the constituency. That would, that yeah. would make more sense than paying me, right? <laughs> and, and so you'd say to them, all right, okay, who, who made the calls? How much? Where's the money? And they go, oh, I don't have to prove anything. Well, actually, you do. You've, you've, <laughs> you've, you have just libeled me, you know. And, and on it went. And there was one guy on Facebook, and I want to read you some of this because it's really, really, I've come slightly prepared because this is really funny. There's one, there's one lad, God bless him, who did this whole thing of calling me a traitor and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, right, uh, you have to read these in the right order. Okay. He, at one point, here you go. Whoever is writing this, this is me on Facebook. I, I reply on Facebook myself, yeah. right, on the fan page. Might as well. Whoever is writing this isn't Al Murray, but a very young person, probably a girl either working for Alistair. That's the other thing is they go on Wikipedia and find my full name, which is Alistair, right? Yeah. And they go, there, see? Right? Yeah. He's up to something. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the sheer number of people called Steve who would come to me and say that, <laughs> or Joe... You go, oh, Joe, you know, what's your game? You know. Anyway, uh, for, for, and no one calls me Alistair. My no. dad does, and it annoys me. No one calls me that, right? So it's really weird, you know, it, it, it's not my name, you know. You know. Algernon, uh, rich, isn't it? Algernon. Algernon, rich. <laughs> you know, uh, Richard Herring, is it? You know, yeah. uh, probably a girl either working for Alistair or just helping out as a favour. I couldn't possibly know. Well, no. <laughs> no, you couldn't, right? You couldn't, right? And then there's, uh, and then I go, uh, probably a girl... Uh, there you go again with the mind reading. Um, uh, uh, this fella knows, you know, who's writing this, I'm saying. He, he, but he also changes the subject when asked to prove his claims that I'm being paid. Because all I would do, whenever he alleged I was being paid, he'd say, go on then, prove it. Go for it, you know. The money's in a Nazi gold from a Bavarian lake and it's been sent through, you know. But you are a girl, though, he replies, aren't you? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I very much adore our lady folk. <laughs> Smiley emoji. <laughs> However, doesn't it highlight what an absolute coward Mr. Murray is when faced with perfectly honest questions? <laughs> For the record, whoever you are, I have no problems with you, love. No offence. Kiss. <laughs> now, this is happening at 0049 on the 23rd of February. So I'm up late, bored, can't sleep. Think, all oh, right, let's have a little, we'll do some mud wrestling. Right? So one week, so... Oh, whoops. This is magnificent. <laughs> This is magnificent. It's, not, it's also not you offering any proof of the money or connections you've repeatedly alleged on here, which is a shame because he was just so, so sure before. Um, uh, have a peaceful evening. Give my love to Alistair and think of the future. Change is coming. Isn't it wonderful? Smiley face. Vote you, Kip. Kiss. Again without, and I go, again without the proof and with the daft, daft assertions. And then he'd gone on about the Metro ad. There was this thing where we, we had the front page of Metro ad and the rate, pro, the rate card price for that was more than we were allowed to spend 
across the whole campaign, right. across the long campaign. But of course we haggled, right? You don't, and it's illegal to overspend. So what you don't do as your opening thing is <laughs> overspend so you'll go to prison. Um, generally, yeah. I reckon, if you're planning a thing. Anyway, but the, the, and they got very hung up on this idea that we'd overspent, right? Uh, uh, um, uh, and please learn to haggle. I'd hate to think you pay rate card for everything. It'd mean you're some kind of mug with no grip on how the real world works, right? And then he replies, or maybe I'm right, and you're the lying, disgusting traitor to our people that I led you to be. We will never know until you answer my questions, will we? In the meantime, vote UKIP. UKIP. <laughs> right? I don't have to answer your questions. You have to prove the assertions you're making, and please learn to haggle, or even learn that others might well haggle when on a limited budget. <laughs> and the traitor thing, still a little bit fascisty, especially when you keep repeating it. Right? And this guy, he, he was on my Facebook page every day for four months or something with this, with this tenor. I mean, it, it's beautiful. I don't know. And then he, this is, <laughs> can, I, can I read you the, this really long one? This, this, yeah, this, no, do. Really, We've got all the time in the world. It's really good. I don't know, Al, as you change writer quite a lot. I don't. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just been me all this time. Now, I've asked for a private message, I suspect, as I was speaking to your wife or your daughter, maybe. I don't even know if you have a wife or daughter, as I have absolutely no interest in your personal life, sir. <laughs> However, there is no doubt at all in my mind that you are lying to our people, especially those in Thanet South. Do you know, Al, at first I was pretty angry because I felt betrayed by you, my last remaining funny comedian, as I said before. No way, not Al Murray. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> that was the thinking. Then I resolved myself to try to help expose you as you know, to the best of my ability. Now, that now, though, all that has kind of faded away as I've become more and more at ease with how ridiculous this charade is, how quickly our people realised, and hopefully what then becomes votes for UKIP on May 7th. Quietly confident here, are you, right? <laughs> Seven minutes later, what's your name out of curiosity? Because <laughs> he thinks he's talking to the, this woman. <laughs> I reply, <clears throat> um, whatever his name is, as if anyone's wife or daughter would be up at 0040 to talk to a stranger who persists in making bizarre claims about me. <laughs> you're going to have to come up with some actual facts, some evidence, some proof if you're going to expose me to the best of your ability. You know, prove who's paid me, prove how they've contacted me, what they've asked me to do. Facts in that, rather than simply saying the same stuff over and over again in the hope it becomes true. You ask for private messages, having called me a traitor, treasonous, a liar and a fraud. It's not a great way to initiate a dialogue. Life lesson? <laughs> and that was what I was dealing with. Yeah. On, a, on a daily basis. And it was really, I mean, you know, eye-opening. He's got the vote. <laughs> it's kind of rare on the internet that someone... Oh, and then he posted a tribute to the Wehrmacht as a reply to me. <laughs> Usually on the internet, someone thinks they're talking to a young woman it's an, a middle-aged, bald man. <laughs> not used to go He's trying to groom me. Yes. <laughs> There's a definite element in that. It's like, I mean, it's the middle of the night and I'm talking to a woman. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your name, love? It's, it, <laughs> what are I mean, you wearing? It is, it is fantastic. That, that video about the Wehrmacht um, uh, says, strictly unpolitical video, do not post any abusive, insulting, ultra-naturalistic, silly, religious, communistic or neo-Nazi comments, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> But other people argue the BBC paid for your campaign. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. Yeah, yeah, because that's the other, you know, that's one of the... Uh, it's Maybe my it's the Tories and the BBC, to, they got well, together. Well, but also I'm a Labour stooge, because I'm yeah. a comedian, I'm Labour, yeah. right? You know, lefty Labour, Labour but, or Lib Lab Con, which is the other one. Right. New Libor. Um, uh, there used to be that really great insult about New Labour, that they were Zanu Libor, like, like Zanu, you know, 
Zimbabwean yeah. LIBOR. Brilliant. <laughs> Amazing pun work there that brought Tony Blair's government down. And, uh, yeah, uh, the, the BBC funded it because we did a programme for, for, for Dave, which came about because I was running, right? I mean, there's the other thing is people put a lot of carts in before horses and stuff. You know, they came to us and said, well, maybe there's a funny film in this. Do you want to make a thing? And we did it as if it was a fly on the wall documentary. And we used, um, the director on it is a woman called Amanda Blue, who's absolutely brilliant, and did one of these things with John Prescott, where she followed him around for six weeks, um, you know, yeah. and filmed his every move and got to know him and all this sort of thing. And uh, so we did that. Um, and the first two days of filming, she decided she didn't want to meet me as me. She wanted to do the whole thing with me in character. And that, we, that she's going to f- treat me as though I was the, the real thing. And about halfway through the second day, she goes, can we just stop doing this? Because <laughs> I was being such a dick, right? <laughs> Between takes, you know, going, oh, you're in the right place, love. Oh, you want me over there, do you? All right, okay. Like being, I can be, oh, yeah, you're going to point that camera in my face. Like, being a, like, like, like the pub lander would be, like a complete bellend. And um, so we, we had to stop because she had to direct me. But, but, but the rub is, Dave is, Dave is half-owned by BBC Worldwide. Okay. Which is the enterprise wing of the BBC, as people know. So it doesn't take the licence fee. His job is to sell programmes on. Half-owned by Worldwide. Because I think it used to be gold. UK TV used to be gold. Yeah. yeah. There's this weird lineage and, you know, all that. And that proves to people that I, my campaign was funded by the BBC. And they go, well, come on. And I go, no, it wasn't. And I had a day, I did, I did a day of it, of replying to everyone, no, it wasn't. The way you rather did with International Men's Day. Yeah. Right. In, fact, in many ways, you're directly responsible for my behaviour that day. <laughs> <laughs> and you get people going, well, come on, indirectly, going, no, 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 I don't need to qualify the no. It wasn't funded by the BBC. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. And, the, uh, you know, this relentless idea. I mean, I'm a bit insulted, really. I mean, a lot of them are going, oh, your career's over, that's why you've done it. So I'd send them the link to the gig at the Albert Hall next year, right? Uh, you know, because you, sometimes you've got to be a dickhead back. You've got yeah. to reply in kind. Um, uh, and, and, you know, this funded by the BBC thing just kept coming up again and again and again and again. And, it, you know, it, 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 I was a little bit insulted that I, they thought I wasn't able to afford to run. <laughs> 500 pounds. Well, no, in the advertising, is a, yeah. yeah, it was a bit more than but that. But don't they give you a certain amount of you get one, You get a mail shot, so you yeah. get to put a leaflet through everyone's door, which is a hilarious notion. <laughs> You, you know, whoever runs, you get you get yeah. a leaflet, and uh, so ours. You know, we put our free dog pledge in, and our, uh, ten extra pennies in the pound. <laughs> you see, that sounds reasonable, doesn't it? A pound, <laughs> a pound is now one pound ten. How's that different to anything else that's been offered in the last <laughs> last five months? Something about nurses. People love nurses. That was. Uh, <laughs> I think Malcolm Hardy once stood for local yeah. government so that he could get the mail shot and then just did a mail shot of all of his, his yeah. club dates. That's right, yeah. So he worked out it was cheaper to do it by Yeah, he's anything. right, he's right, he's right. I mean, in a way, you know, I mean, it, it, uh, as a way of... As a way of... I mean, what, what, what I've quite liked about it, it has, it, it has delivered the haircut to the people who supposedly never knew the joke, never got the joke, because yeah. they are now really fucking angry with me. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all those people are, you know and I have people go your audiences will, your shows will be empty now and I'd, and I'd you know then I'd tweet them a picture of the show I'd just done with you know a 
couple of thousand people. <laughs> you have to go. Well, it wasn't empty tonight. It's a weird. It's. It, I mean, it's been. It, it's been very. It's been very revealing. And what I love about Twitter is because there is this kind of free speech on Twitter. What people forget about free speech is because you get to say whatever you like. Dicks get to prove that they're dicks day in day out and that's really important <laughs> and so did you spend did you see Farage beyond standing next to him on the hustings was it did you meet no, him no we I met him because um, what they do is they give you the you know they give you the result beforehand yeah um, so that you can dispute it so you can ask for a recount if you want and you know toyed with that idea um, <laughs> Well, there's a, there is, you know, there's a guy, there's a guy who ran for something calling itself the True United Socialist Party of Great Britain. Right. One of those kind of um, Judean People's Front type names, yeah. and uh, and he got no votes, right? And he demanded a recount. He didn't. Get, I don't think he got one, but he wanted a recount because he knew he'd voted for himself. <laughs> but, and his wife and his dad had said they were going to vote for him as well. <laughs> so he was three short. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, so <laughs> they could have missed one, but his wife yeah, but and his dad never voted for him. That's, 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 yeah. that's the terrible never thing. Know. You never know. But you know, the secret ballot works if there's thousands of you, but not when there's <laughs> three of you. <laughs> but no. Uh, so we we meet you meet in the and what is what I loved about it, you know, because because uh, in the Scots referendum, there were always people saying it was fixed and rigged and all that sort of stuff, and then people saying that Fanit was rigged. You know, it was this Fanit rigged hashtag. Um, having been on the floor in the count at the Winter Gardens at Margate, and it's all volunteers, and it's ladies with their bags of Maltesers, and it's, it's all this sort of kids and people who, you know, are doing it because they believe in it and all that. The, it make, it make, you know, the, they get, the, the big, the, I mean, it happened in the Indy Ref in Scotland, and it happened again, it surfaced again here. You know, take a pen into the polling booth with you, because otherwise they're going to rub it out and, uh, replay, you know, put it in another box. You think, Really? <laughs> Let's just run through the practicalities of that, you know. And seeing those people count and then hearing that crap, you just, you, you know, it makes you want to, it's like the moon landing. It's like people go, oh, they didn't go. You know, yeah, they did actually. They, they really did go <laughs> to the fucking moon, shut up, right? And, and, and so it makes me feel like that about it. So you're in the count and, and it's kind of like this. There was a stage here and the returning officer says, right, I have the result of the, uh, of the general election in Thanet South constituency and we're all get all the candidates together together. So there's me, um, uh, the, the Tory guy and the Tories, were, Tories knew they'd won by the time we got there, about midnight, the exit poll, the exit polls were working out, and they knew they'd won. Yeah. Labour knew they'd lost and were despondent because they kind of been, they'd kind of, um, I think that they felt a bit abandoned by uh, central office. The t- so the Tories are cockhoop, Labour really despondent, but the UKIP table, because the, they knew they'd lost, it was like it was at that table was like a scene from Downfall. It was amazing. They're, they're all their heads on the, all their heads on the table, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and because also he was going to, they all knew he was going to resign because he'd promised to resign if he lost. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was, it was end of days that night because Nigel's going to fix it. No, he's not, you know, and, and, and he's got to quit because he's promised and Nigel keeps his promises and all that sort of stuff. It's just politics. He's just a politician. That's what I think is really interesting about it. He's revealed himself as just being a politician now rather than uh, sort of anything different. But, um, and so we're then all stood in a gaggle and I can't, I can't remember what he said to me. Um, uh, but I said something, pro- oh, he goes, have you won then? Right? You know, and I said, well, it depends what you mean by win, Nigel. Because, right? you know, a vote for me is a vote denied and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. And then uh, and we're hanging around and, and it's announced and, and it's all a bit, it's all a bit, 
it's all a bit it's eggy to be honest because no one can quite celebrate and no one can quite get upset because you then have to go out and do it again yeah. in front of the press and there were there'd been 78 media requests that night for for Margate so it was really busy people from all over the world you know uh, all there to see this thing and um, I think I think uh, Farage had disappeared he hadn't come in certainly no one knew who he was and all this sort of thing sort of disappeared a bit a bit like on the night of the Indy reference Salmon got in his plane and flew ran around in circles before he figured out where he was going to go um, it was a bit it's kind of like that and um, and then you do your speeches so so well, so basically you go on the stage and they, and they announce it and no one else knows but you know so I'm thinking well I've managed to get stood between the guy who's won and the guy who's lost because <laughs> right? the other thing is none of these politicians kind of have any showbiz instinct for walking on stage in lights you know and uh, they don't know that you go down stage a little bit act confident you know <laughs> hi everybody you know shit eating grin and like, yeah. huckstering that I'm really into anyway yeah kind of my thing and uh, so I ended up stood between them and, and acted surprised when the result came out <laughs> which proves according to one conspiracist that it was rigged because how did I know the result before it was announced because you can see me going to smile and also I'm obviously in with the Tories because I shook the guy one's hand which is what I thought you did <laughs> you know you shake the guy one's hand well done mate congratulations well done bravo Bad luck to the others, you know, like, yeah. like people do. But that's that's proof of something as well. And also, if you were, it's a conspiracy. You might think I'm not. I won't shake his hand, so it will look like we're not but, together. But exactly. <laughs> Whatever I'd have done, just for a second, I forgot. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, yes, yes, we did it. We did it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Use your bank account, please, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> that Nazi gold you promised me. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, and then what happened is Craig McKinley made his speech, who'd won. He made his speech, and then uh, Nigel, made, Nigel Farage made his speech, and he left. Went off. And everyone was very upset about that, because you're supposed to, you're supposed to stick around and, yeah. you know, go, go listen to the bloke who, who, who wants to bring about a unitary council in Kent. You know, actually, he sounded like the bloke who really knew what he was talking about, but, um, uh, <laughs> you know, you've got to listen to him, even though he got 14 votes, you know, or whoever, you know, or Nigel from Bezzy's party. You've got to listen to them. You've got to listen to what they have to say, because that's all part of the, the, the process. And, um, you know, poor old, for whatever reason, Mr. Farage exited the stage. But there you go, you know, it's up to him. And he's resigned, but he's unresigned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's kept it's, his it's, promise. It, yeah, it's, it, well, I he didn't he, say I wouldn't unresign. Yeah, well. <laughs> Exactly, and then I'm I'm the only party leader who hasn't resigned, apart from Cameron. apart from David Cameron. Yeah. We're the only two men standing. <laughs> the Free United Kingdom Party marches on. Did anyone from your party call for you to resign? No. Nope. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty impressed. One of them's left. One of them, one of them has left. The, has left. So there's <laughs> two the of party. us now. Okay. And we, we've wound it down, actually, because it it, it, if you start doing it properly... Because we had to have a party to to run, and yeah. we had to have it approved by the Electoral Commission and our, our logo approved. Uh, and they were going, you've stolen... Uh, you know, the, the angry kippers go, you've stolen the pound off UKIP. So, well, I think the pound possibly predates. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And, you know, the parlophone label's a pound sign, although it's a, you know, it's a German L and all that. And... Uh, uh, yeah, so, but the, the one thing that people did keep saying is you're going to confuse people are you, with your party name on the, yeah. on the voting slip. And our party is called the Free, United, Free the United Kingdom Party, right? You know, it's a fuck up, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? 
right? Well, it's not very funny. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> just got it. Yeah, you've just got it. <laughs> serviceable at serviceable. You can't tell people what to think, can you? Um, at serviceable, uh, you know, for the, what we were doing. And people are going, your, people are going to look at that electoral slip and say, F-U-K-P, and think it's UKIP, right? Now, first of all, their absolute headline guy is running that constituency. So if, they, if they're making that, if they're getting that wrong, right, they're not really paying attention. And also, they are very, very different. Look, and we weren't allowed to use an acronym. So it wouldn't even look like it. It wasn't the same. And we're different candidates. But, although there is the thing with the literal Democrats who um, lost the Liberals a load of votes a couple of years ago. Right. Three or four years ago. It's quite interesting. Yeah. They're on the form as literal Democrats. A lot of people go like that because they didn't know who the candidates were. Yeah. But, you know, it's been really interesting seeing all these loonies crawl out of the woodwork. Yeah. Was it, has it been worth it? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because it was, it was an amazing experience to be, at that, to be there on that stage next to it and to be kind of caught up in it and understand a bit more, um, uh, like, kind of... Also how people view politics. You know, suddenly an election looms. The people who are interested are, are, are really interested. Yeah. And the people who kind of aren't, kind of aren't. And I don't know where you get them to be. You probably don't. You know, uh, and that, that, was, that was interesting in itself. You know, we had enough lads... I'd go walk about in Margate or Ramsgate, have enough lads go, what are you doing here now? And i go, well, I'm, I'm uh, running for Parliament. What are you on about? And I, so they didn't know I was running, which, which yeah. isn't... I'm not worried about that. And, you know, the election next month. What, what, what election? And they wouldn't, you know, and you think, fuck me, how do you not know? Yeah. And that's... I don't know what you do about that. Make compulsory voting? Yeah, but... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. How do you enforce that? That's your problem. Uh, With such a big death electorate. Death sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Not, do you want to join them? <laughs> we were going to bring back hanging um, yeah. for the sake of the rope industry. <laughs> <laughs> they've got it in Australia, compulsory voting, haven't they? But yeah, there's a much smaller population, though, isn't it? Yeah. And always was, and so they've, it's been permanent as part of their culture. And it, foisting it on might be quite difficult. I just feel like if you do it compul- make it compulsory that people would deliberately just go in and vote for nasty. Well, you want none up. of the above, don't you? You yeah. need none of the above box if you've got compulsory, I suppose. But I don't know. I mean, we... Uh, I, uh, you know, we approach this much more at the, from the angle of look at this, look look at how these politicians are talking to us, look at what they're offering, how's it working, what the hell is going on, rather than kind of. Uh, I mean, I'm going to do the Russell Brand thing now. I'm not offering any solutions to the comedian. I can't. I can't yeah, sorry, governor. <laughs> Which is the thing he does when he's when he's yeah. when someone like Brian May says to him, well, "What do we do then?" <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, I have to ask you this. This is from mm. Barry Price. He's paid £60 to ask you this question. Awesome. So, is he here? Are you in, Barry? Don't care that much about it. <laughs> this, and he's paid £60 for this, so here we go. Baked beans on a fry-up, yes or no? What does on mean? <laughs> well, I, I can only... T- I'll have baked beans with a fry-up, fry, to the left of the egg. Nothing right. must be on the egg. <laughs> okay. I eat the egg last. Yeah. Eat the yolk last. Um, once a year, I have a piece of fried bread. Because <laughs> if if I had fr- it's that I eat every day. Because yeah. fried bread is the most delicious food stuff on the planet. So I have one bit of fried bread a year. I treat myself to a fried slice. And yeah, egg to one side, beans. Never the grilled tomato. The grilled tomato is not welcome on my breakfast plate. <laughs> I don't like tomato or beans. On I think I don't like the beans on there. Yeah, beans are good. I don't. I, I have porridge. <laughs> don't you, want to eat beans on that. You know the only. Right, well, I was going to say something about when I was told to eat porridge, but that was, I was told I had to because of, you know, 
public school? No. Okay, so I'm misunderstanding. Piles. Oh, really? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so you saying I eat porridge, I'm thinking of one thing, Richard. Yeah, no piles. Although I, well, I admit not recently. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I really like porridge. I would have my, my, I make it every day for my wife. And before that, even before my wife, I made it for every day for whoever was in my bed. That was one of the... I'm very, very good at it. Making porridge. But it's got, like, berries from uh, Marks and Spencers and stuff in it. Oh, do you put berries in Matilda? it? Matilda. Do you put berries in it? Yeah, berries, nuts and seeds. You are the London Metropolitan Liberal Elite. <laughs> no salt. I don't put salt in it. I don't put, oh. any, I don't, don't put any sugar You in hate it. Scotland. I'm refusing to go there this year. That's all that's happening. Um, Are you not going? I'm not doing Edinburgh. You not, have you not been to Edinburgh this year? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, my wife. My wife did the book festival, and I can't remember if we finally agreed that I would stay at home and look after the baby, or if we'd all go. Oh, I can't okay. remember what we did now. Now I think back to it. Either I went up for a, a night, or I didn't go. Well, I was on in. Uh... In, well, in a venue that it doesn't matter now. Because <laughs> you did all your shows, your old shows, yeah. which I'm doing all my... Well, I've done all my old shows. Yeah, it was I did, great. I did, I did four, on a, four on consecutive days. Yeah. Until I relearned them. Did you find that... Because I haven't really started massively learning quite a few of them yet. Did you do it quick? Was it, did they come what, back the quickly? First, uh, the, the, the second one, I knew... Uh, apart from a couple of things I, yeah. I just knew it because re- I did it a lot yeah. and then the third one um, I could do it now I mean start to finish I just know that and it's super hard wired also for how a lot of the stuff I've written since you know the kind of not templates is the wrong word but the yeah. way you know the way of doing it um, I know the fourth one is the one I can remember the one I know now but the first one not really not so much and that was re- that was agony remembering that because yeah. that's when I was more doing clubs and before I got into doing hour long shows with the with the character. Yeah. Second one was the one where I had a real breakthrough on the writing and so I'm, I, I like that show. I'm really proud of it so it's easy to remember. The third one, I'd go... I, I mean, I have these lists and I save everything. And the, the list for the third show, which was called... Um, see, I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> it's not but a good I'd stuff. Look, I'd look at the list and it would say rabbits or something like that. But, you know, in 1998, that meant everything. I knew yeah. exactly what that meant. No idea. Right. And, and it had, I, don't, I hadn't recorded any of it. So that was actually... The re- one was really difficult to reassemble. Yeah. And then while I was reassembling it, I realised I basically got a couple of things actually the wrong way round and they'd work better if I'd done them yeah. the new way round. So I changed it. Yeah. Because you might as well. Because you would have done that I would have done that anyway. Yeah. But, but I did them four consecutive afternoons and they went really, really well. And the thing I didn't used to do when I first started out was, was so much of the um, uh, audience interaction stuff. I was, kind of wasn't really into that. I'd have one person that I would use for a thing, but I'd never did the, you know, yeah. uh, working the front couple of rows. And so the, the shows were, it was an hour of material. So it was yeah. actually quite a lot to remember. Yeah. But it went really well. I can recommend it. And your, your brain does this thing where it suddenly a bit goes, it's like opening a door. I mean, not a Darren Brown mind palace. <laughs> you know, I live in a castle. In the castle, I keep the ace of clubs in a, in a chest. The ace of clubs means Jeff. <laughs> Jeff means night takes king's pawn. You know, like, just remember night takes king's pawn. You know? like, um, it's not like that, but you'd, you'd suddenly go, oh God, yeah, of course, that leads to that. Leads, yeah, you know, yeah. and, 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 and out it comes. But I know those shows, those four shows really well. I know this year's show really well and the one from the year before last. But I basically got like a 10-year gap where I can't really remember any of it 
because I wrote, wrote wrote five shows very fast on the trot, and you know, and it's that pressure. And I, if I had to do what you were doing, it'd be it would be really hard going. Yeah, but I've got about twenty, probably twenty four hours of material now. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm getting up to that sort of yeah. level. So, yeah, it's... It, but, uh, yeah, it I, is... I, and I think, I mean, I, I'm, I'm expect, I expect um, you'll go back and you'll have repeated yourself really not very much. Yeah, no, I haven't really. Um, which, is, which, which is, I think, people who write a lot don't. It's the people who, who don't write very much who, who kind of get stuck. Because I would get told, oh, it's the same old character. And actually, I look at my set list and it may be the same old character in the same way that it's the same old Richard Herring or the same old whoever, yeah. but the shows are radically different every time, We're radically different approaches to stuff, and there was one year where you know, I was just thinking, I'm absolutely fed up I've been told it, I just bang on about the French, and there was no mention at all of France or the French, yeah. right, and a review went, oh there he is again, banging on about the French again, <laughs> I never fucking said it and it, you know, but then again I think comedy is quite weirdly served critically so, uh, yeah, well, so I don't is. even want to touch on because we'll be here for another hour and a half. It is, that's true. But Bug, I'll, uh, really bugs me. <laughs> I think there's definitely a case where there's a review, some of the review is written before the show. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Well, there's been some reviews where I want to say, what did I talk about? Yeah. What about the 10 minutes about moral relativism? You know? Because <laughs> there was, last show, there's 10 minutes about moral relativism. From yeah. the pub landlord's point of view, so it's completely mental. <laughs> but, you know, talking about it. Um, I'll ask you an emergency question. Yeah. Just because, you know, we haven't done one. So we did. We did the ghost one backstage. He hasn't seen the ghost. Oh, spoiler alert! They don't exist. Uh, <laughs> but have you ever seen a Bigfoot? <laughs> I've seen that photo of a bloke in a Bigfoot suit. <laughs> yeah. Everyone says it's proof of a Bigfoot. Yeah. Did you ever see this? Like this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and looking round. Could be. Did you get that? <laughs> Steve, did you get the picture? <laughs> It's hot in this goddamn suit. <laughs> um, I will ask. Are the feet big enough? The feet aren't big enough. <laughs> do you think of terrorist atrocity ideas that that would be good to carry out if you were a terrorist? Because I do this all the time. I'm all, I'm constantly. <laughs> do you ever think of any any good ones? I'm very obsessed with it. I'm obsessed um, with well, how, uh, my, well, planning I'm, my escape routes from places. Well, we, well, we could get quite. Well, we could get quite serious about this, yeah. couldn't we? Actually, I think you'd be. You'd um, well, no, because. I don't know if I, I actually don't know if I can talk about this. Yeah, you can. Well, no, no I don't, actually, sense. I don't know if I can. Okay, don't. Um, but shopping centres make me very nervous. Yeah, me too. And uh, last time I took my kids to Westfield, because my kids go to Westfield all the time, and last time I went to Westfield, I just got into this, what if, my, you know, the, the thing in Kenya happens. Yeah. Because I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet. I'm just amazed. And, and the thing they rehearsed the other day at the tube station, yeah. I mean, it's just... You know, and apparently it's harder to buy automatic weapons here and all that sort of stuff. So, and I'm just thinking, when's that going to happen? So, the, the last time I went with my kids, I figured out how I get get out of that situation. What would I do? Where do we go? How do we do? How do we deal with it? And then, and then I said to my, you know, said to my girlfriend when I got home, you know, it's all I could think about. It's all I could think about when we were there. And you know, uh, and my you know, my eldest is just about turned sixteen. My youngest is twelve. They're very confident London kids, you know. And, and certainly know their way around Westfield Shopping Centre. But then the thought of, you know, the thought of gunfire one end of the shopping centre and, and it all kicking off. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not planning anything. I'm planning how to get away should yeah. it occur. You can run upstairs in Starbucks and yeah. then uh, upstairs. And then if they come up there, you can be hiding behind a door and you can well, swing the of, door around in their of, face. And most them. of those shops, though, have a... <laughs> 
most <laughs> of most those shops you go if you go in, in behind yeah. the t- you get into their backstage yeah, yeah. and and you know surely down and out and all that but it's it's really you know i'm just i mean this would take quite a turn here haven't we yes um, no, I, I don't. I don't, I don't planned any mentally. No. If it has happened in, by September, we didn't know. We didn't. We didn't know. <laughs> if I've been caught up in the middle, I, mean, I lived near there. You know. Yeah, I know. It's very. It makes it a very saleable house I live in. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> All right, I'll ask you a, a less uh, nasty one. Well, it's not nasty. I mean, it's, no. it's like a bit serious, isn't it, Rich? Yeah. You know. It's serious. It is serious. You, yeah. You're like deep. But it's also fun to think up how you no, would do one. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a, on a practical level, it's like how you would, you know, take out like the Nazis in a war. All oh, right, that's different. If we're talking about that, then okay. I'm right up there. Front if you were trying to rescue Mess- Mussolini from a clifftop hotel, gliders. Yeah, that's you're, that is correct. That is the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd get Otto Scorsanian to do it. <laughs> that would be, be the ideal Nazi man. Nazi Jäger super soldier. Yeah, be the ideal yeah. man to do and it. Dueling scars on his face from when he was at. Heidelberg University where they yeah. fight with swords he was a horrible man ended up living in Ireland and was a friend of the Taoiseach at one point that was yeah. got let off war crimes because he was very exciting that was a very exciting way to rescue Mussolini it's amazing it's brilliant yeah. it's really really smart yeah. yeah that's all true that's how they rescued Mussolini yeah. then he got strung up from a lamppost so you know, yeah. was, in a way should, maybe should have stayed in that hotel for a bit. <laughs> you can stay in the hotel. Have you, did you write about this in your book? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Scorsini was involved in um, the war crimes in uh, uh, in the Ardennes offensive, the Battle of the Bulge, yeah. where, where where the Germans were dressed up as Americans and drove around on jeeps and stuff, and 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 ridiculously had lessons to learn the rules of baseball and all that sort of thing, right? <laughs> just in case, you know. <laughs> hey, pal, do you know the rules of baseball? <laughs> Yeah, das Hitter ist auf das Zentrum. Yeah, it's kind of a thing you would never ask someone who you assumed was from the yeah. same place as you. So, uh, but Scorsini was tried after the war. I think this is right. Scorsini was tried after the war. And um, this secret agent, his name I could never remember, but his code name was the White Rabbit. Right. Who was an SOE guy. I'll remember his name in a minute. It'll come to me. He came forward and said, well, I dressed up in um, enemy uniform, so you've got to let him off. It's not that bad. I did it, and, t- and, and stood on the stand for him, um, and 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 he, as a result, he wasn't hanged, yeah. and, which is kind of weird, really, because uh, Joachim Piper, who was the there was another war criminal in in uh, in the Battle of the Bulge, who, who was similar, was, ran into a similar situation. Yeah, it's all quite odd. All that after the war, all those soldiers well, saying, "Yeah, res- you know, come on, everyone did it." They all sort of respected it. I mean, they, they you know, Churchill. Yeah, but when you look at who they respected, was, Churchill said it was good what they did with those. But he said that was a very boldest, you know, whatever yeah. he said. Which it was. Yeah, it was amazing. It is amazing. It's proper where eagles dare stuff, yeah. but it's the Germans doing it. It's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> It's very Richard good. Burton shit-faced. <laughs> it's a very good book, the, the watching war films. Oh, thank dad. you. Is that, is that, is that, is that yeah, yeah, that's what that it's called. Yeah, yeah. But it's, very, it's sort of a biography, but it's but a bit not, about... yeah. And it's a bit about your dad, and it's a bit about yeah. being a dad. It comes, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a well worth reading. Thank you. I'm not saying the other ones aren't, but that one's very good. I haven't, read the, I haven't read the latest one. Well, yet. let's re-great Britain, the pub landlord's manifesto yeah. to fixing broken Britain. That sounds good too, but does mm. it have stuff like people flying in? No, no, it's not going to glide, is it? No, no well, I like that. That's jokes, like, isn't it? I like colditz and stuff. That's oh, why. Okay. I like. If you were in colditz, yeah. how would you escape? Well, the, there's that guy who got out, wasn't there? Um, by he made a fake uniform and walked straight out of the prison, saluting everybody. Yeah. 
That's quite a good way to it's do it. It's fucking amazing. Do you think you could do that? I, I don't see I don't how know they, I could do that. I don't think I could do It's amazing the things they did. They built a yeah. glider in... Uh, built a glider. Yeah, yeah, while doing a play, didn't they? They did a play and they... I mean, there's that thing where they would scavenge wood from the building and build stuff. Yeah. They're really amazing. They built a glider in yeah. the attic. The Germans never checked the attic. That's what you... That's what you have to learn. They never... If, you, if the Nazis ever come back, get in the attic. And they do after a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stay up there more than three or four years. That's what they're looking for. I think I did that joke last week. Okay, it gets very difficult to keep up with. I'll, I'll, I'll end in a sec. How are you on? Uh, I bet you stack the dishwasher in your house. I bet you do. What? I bet yeah. that's your job. You stack the dishwasher. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which way up do you put the cutlery in the dishwasher? Knives down. Every, and what about forks? Forks up. Everything down. No way. Yeah. You do spoons down? Yeah. You're a complete idiot. Well, everything down. Well, how, do you, how are you going to get it out? I mean, I, I've tolerated some of your more harebrained political schemes <laughs> to save this country. How are you going to get the spoons out? By holding on to the spoon? Got to put the handle so you can pick the handles out. I tell, I've Wash got, your hands before you empty the still, dishwasher. It's still that. Look at that. However clean your hands are, there's still sweat on them. Your own sweat. Yeah, but you might be no, serving... Have you got Ebola? Are you going to give yourself Ebola you via emptying the dishwasher? You haven't thought it through. Well, you've got everything down. My wife no. sat the dishwasher the other day and there was a peach stone between two plates. <laughs> That's how bad she is at stacking. I got out, I put it... I put the... The plates were quite close together. Might have been a nectarine. I, mean, I eat exotic fruit. Get over it. And... She'd put, she'd put them in and then I was putting them back in the thing and I thought that hasn't gone down very well Rebo- lifted up the plate there was a peach a nectarine Richard, stone Richard you yeah. need to calm down I don't think that peach stone is worth half of everything <laughs> she's just that's my area I do no, the, no, no. the bin I make the porridge she was never interfered with that these, we have, we've accepted these ground rules the dishwasher I do that I Your put the bins out a wonderful woman I put the bins out and I, she can do all the other stuff okay I wash up the bottles for the baby. That's my job. Really? And put them in the steriliser. I like that. Dear. It's satisfying. (laughs) My baby started eating food now. It's annoying. You've changed. I want my baby to stay being a baby forever. Do you think that's wrong? Everyone says they get more interesting, but I really like her being no, a baby. They, they're much more interesting. I like her being a baby. I don't yeah. want to. I can't How imagine. How old is she now? Uh, well, it uh, depends what you, when you mean by now. Uh, she's five, she was five months old at the end of July. That's an odd thing to say. So, so she's seven months old now. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Lovely. She, time passes so fast. Was she sleeping through in July? Yes. She's really? set through nearly teething. The teething. Uh, she is just, she teething? Just, she's just about just the ones just coming through. Oh, these things are lovely. It's really cool. She's very you happy. You wait till she's fifteen. I know. Fuck me. I'll, I'll be dead by then. I've got everything planned out. It's all carefully planned out. You're going to choke on a peach stone in the. I don't know. I nearly did. I nearly ch- choked on an, uh, an apricot stone. That's why I talked about the other week. That was a callback for people. All oh, right. Yeah, but not these people because that no. one hasn't gone out yet either. <laughs> oh, God help us. <laughs> the people so, at home are loving the, uh, the fruit stone the stuff that either. could happen in the next two months. <laughs> yeah. You know. You have to not worry about it because people will be listening to this 
Probably in the year 3000. Yeah. So, you know, the topical stuff... This doesn't go... end up in the National Library of Congress. <laughs> Something's gone very wrong. <laughs> My blogs are in the British Library, so, you know, no one well, will ever them read there. them. Well, you left them there. That's stopped. <laughs> on the, the toilet. Left a USB stick on the desk. <laughs> on reception. Here you go. You'll be needing this. They emailed me and asked me if they could have them in the library. I said, yeah. They're on the internet for free, you pricks. It's <laughs> <laughs> just an awesome. I've never heard right. <laughs> so I reckon, what do you reckon the last date that someone will listen to this podcast will be? Someone will probably listen to it in like 50 years' time. One person. No, if some, you are that person. Some... Hello, what's it like? Sorry about all the global warming. Sorry you're underwater. Sorry, we're not no. sorry. We're glad we didn't care. We've got loads of lights on here. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that idea. Well, yeah, there'll be some poor benighted PhD student trying yeah. to unravel British comedy in the... Yeah. This will be a brilliant resource if they take out all the cocksucking, cock all that stuff. Most of it. Yeah, but, they take out most of the stuff. You, in all it. right, so let's go, let's go the full distance with this. Are you prepared in the event of a cataclysm? Yeah. It's a question I often ask myself, actually, for this to be the remaining artifact of Western <laughs> civil, of human civilization. Yeah. That, well, I that, do. You know, the, 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 whoever comes and finds Earth, yeah. or the apes, or whoever gets it, finds your podcast it would be confusing wouldn't it <laughs> but then you don't well, know do you, you yes the things that, the things that survive you don't know do you how many no. amazing plays from ancient greece have disappeared completely most of them there's Ooh. a few that survive i mean a lot of the, the good things will survive because there's been lots of copies of them especially now yeah but isn't there a, a concern with technology that because we've gone totally you know lots of people have gone paperless and the hard drives are all dying and it's all going to get lost yeah and the historians aren't going to have all, e- all the emails and all that yeah. Is there a worry? I think it's probably. A good I think thing. you need to find some kind of cryogenic way of saving this podcast for humanity, yeah. Richard. I'll put it in a plant of some kind. <laughs> I'll find a way to put it in a, a redwood tree. You can just plug in some earplugs. It's constantly playing in there. But then, in a thousand years' time, it could be like where people come to learn wisdom. Yeah. And you'd be like some sort of god. I think that's what I'm hoping. I, I want to be famous in 500 years' time when it's no fucking use to anyone. <laughs> that's when I was at the Van Gogh Museum, and that's kind of the worst, isn't it? The worst thing that could possibly happen is you're... Never a ge- sold a painting, yeah. Yeah, if you're a genius and you die, kill yourself. He shot himself in a field and then walked back into town and then died. It's awful. Poor bloke. He'd already cut off his ear. Mm. Uh, so you walk, <laughs> he shot himself, walked back into town, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't know anyone thinks he's any good, and then... Mm. And then every single... And he did a painting a day, pretty much, for the last year of his life. So every day, he was basically printing £30 million for somebody else to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be annoying. It's it's no way to go, is it? Do you think, if that was you, and you could then look back at it, you go, oh, well, at least they recognised him in the end, or, fuck, that's that's an awful... I think, fuck, that's awful. Yeah. You know, they did a Doctor Who about it, though, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, we went back and had a look. And then they told him he was he was good. Yeah, he told him he was a genius. Killed himself right. anyway. Did. Yeah. Well done, Doctor. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> put him in the TARDIS exactly. and take him to the future. The TARDIS. Don't worry about it, mate. Come you know? to the Van Gogh Museum, have a look round. Well they did that. Yeah. Oh they did do they that. They did that. Yeah. And they showed him the you know, and then he killed himself anyway. 
I mean, what use is, is it, it being a Time Lord if you yeah. can't save Vincent van Gogh? It's a good question. That is going to be the title of this podcast, if I remember. And in the year 3535. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, well. Been quite good fun, hasn't it? Yeah. I can't nice, like nice people you get. They are nice. They're a very nice audience. Something they'll put up with anything. I can't tell what they're laughing at, though. I don't know what they're really laughing no. at. No. It's very difficult to know. Some of them, I think, identify with you. I think, yeah. I think that everything you say is true. Yeah. I think they're all racist. And yeah. they're, they're laughing at me because they think I'm slightly Chinese. Yeah. That is what I think they're all thinking. And you can't prove me wrong because if you ask them, they're not going to admit that, are they? Yeah, oh, exactly. Are you laughing at him because you, exactly. you, you think Chinese Listen. people are inherently funny? <laughs> Look at them laughing. They're laughing more yeah, yeah. now. Just proves yeah. my point. Yeah, you're proving your point quite beautifully. Thank you. <laughs> ah. It's good to see you, Richard. It's nice to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> Is um, Time Gentleman Please ever coming back? I don't know. You'd have to ask uh, Richard Herring. Uh, do, do I bring, get to no, choose? No, no, no. On Twitter, it's bring back. <laughs> the, that's the thing I really love is people's faith in, um, in uh, you know, at, uh, or well, hashtags, but also our faith in our, our power in controlling our de- controlling our destiny. <laughs> yeah. They go, for God's sake, bring back time, gentlemen, please, out. They go, well, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no one wants it. <laughs> they didn't want it at the time. <laughs> you know, and and I find that re- I'm really I find that really endearing. You know, um, you know that we've been making it, but it's it's me me withholding it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with my old chat show, Happy Hour. When are you going to bring back Happy Hour, Al? Well. I can't. They cancelled it. <laughs> you know, I'd love shit. I'd love to. You know, but it's a it's an odd one that, and I think it's quite sweet that people. We might still be making episodes of Time, Gentlemen, Please, and just not putting them out. That might be what we're doing. <laughs> Got all the cast together. What, apart from me. <laughs> I think you were holding the rest of us back. Probably. <laughs> I think the postman in that really yeah. deserved a spin-off. That's what he everyone was, thinks. He was great. He was he needed a sort of spin off. Young, really young guy. That's what was good about him. He was really young. <laughs> he was young. He was really, really young. <laughs> he was. It's a long time Strangely ago. Strangely Chinese, though. He was a bit Chinese. <laughs> I think that's why he was getting laughs. <laughs> you know, there's someone going to Edinburgh who's going to do a show all in Mandarin and. Uh, Based on the idea that um, all of you know, ninety-seven percent of communication or something is is non-verbal. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm. I hear it was very good. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, someone went to Edinburgh. <laughs> There's someone in Edinburgh in 2015 doing a show called Christ on a Bike, which I find quite offensive. Just that they obviously don't know that I did a show called Christ on a Bike, as it seems this audience don't know. Either. But uh, that's kind of you'd think. Uh, you have been disrespected there. You'd think someone would go. Oh, no, bloke, you're being disrespected. You're being disrespected. <laughs> but then um, Chappie Corsandi did a been... show called Moon on a Stick and didn't know that we. You've been disrespected again. And then someone did a thing about having a British moon on a British stick. Yeah, yeah that was. I don't know homage. where that came from. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was as well. Well, that'll get the five people who still give a shit. They'll like that. <laughs> Uh, well, um, yeah, we've done long enough. It's been, uh, yeah, well, we can go. We can do some more. Uh, what's the feeling in the room? I never ask you if you do. You want to carry on, or do you want to go home? Who wants to go home? Well, I want one bloke. Uh, you know what? 
but, uh, I want to go was, home. Rich, that I was a, a real high wire at you just it did was. Anyone who wants to go home, you can just go home anytime you want. <laughs> if you didn't know, the, the doors, the, they're open. You can leave. People come, what time does it end? Whenever you want it to. It's fine. <laughs> I've got to get a train. What time does it end? Well, just leave, leave 15 minutes, minutes yeah, before the train goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're doing more of these in... Um, actually, they'll have started by the time this goes out. <laughs> You would, I mean, thinking about it, we talked about Dr. Hoomogan. You'd yeah. be a shit time lord. I would. <laughs> We've started doing some more of these. can't even deal with time in the order it's going. <laughs> we start, we do two, 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 we have two weeks for every week. That's the problem with, I've managed to cram two weeks into a week. That should have been one of your policies. Well, no, we do, no, two we, weeks every week. I think we offered a, I can't remember, we did offer, we did offer some change to the working week. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Um, we did, no, we, 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 far ranging. Yeah. Far-ranging stuff, you know. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of it. I've forgotten it all. Um, but anyway, in the autumn, as you know, people who are in the autumn... I mean, this is the autumn. Uh, this, we're going to be recording these on Sunday afternoons at four o'clock, which will be interesting to see how that works. It's because Stuart Lee takes over the theatre because right. he won't play a theatre with enough seats in it for all the people who want to come and see him. Right. What he prefers to do is play a small theatre... For 11 weeks. What, make it look busy? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be on Sundays at four o'clock. What do you think? Would you come and why see us at play, four o'clock? Why doesn't he play a porter cabin for f- 58 weeks? <laughs> would be helpful. helpful. Got to um, keep the hit in the ticket, Rich. But it does mean the people Showbiz. who live outside of London, I just you could come down, make a weekend of it, go and see a show on Saturday, come down, then get, easily get a train home. Back to wherever you live. Probably not in Venice. Night, the night train. Sunday at four o'clock. You, be, yeah. That's an interesting. Yeah, we'll see if it works. Yeah, it's an interesting different. Because the thing, these people on a Monday evening, look, they're whipped up into a drunken state of euphoria <laughs> and racism. They're certainly, and uh, they're certainly desperate to be entertained. <laughs> they'll listen to anything though. It was really, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> when will the spell be broken? And they'll just, it's just, it's just a man asking the same five questions <laughs> over and over again. For a long time, it's much too long. It's, we, it's Stockhausen syndrome. They've it got. Is, yeah. That is what they've there. got. <laughs> My favourite joke I've ever done about Stockhausen. That's a very really funny joke. But it never. No, it goes for nothing. No one ever likes it. But because Stockhausen's played, really rubbish unless you listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. No one really knows about Stockhausen. Yeah. It's annoying. Uh, so anyway, you need to know quite a lot of things to make for that joke to work. That's the problem. <laughs> People know one or the other or neither, I've discovered. Can we do a straw poll? Uh, who knows who Stockhausen is? Not hands, many hands, hands. Right, there's no, nowhere many. near enough to do that joke. No. Even in this very highly Should educated we, audience. Though it's we, your audience have come this week, so they're yeah, a bit they're of course, stupid. They're thick, yeah. They are they are not and they're just appreciating all this on yeah. one level. Yeah. On the level that face it seems value. To be. People <laughs> taking it at face value. How do you know? I'm so bored of that one. Who knows what Stockholm is? <laughs> but who knows what Stockholm syndrome is? You got you got it then, David. Yeah. It's a shame that I know the name of the bloke so, who uh, you know I can name the person. Are we, are we actually going to you actually going to explain the joke? Uh, so Stockhausen syndrome would be if you were listening to Stockhausen and for long enough in a room locked into it, you would start to enjoy it. Yeah, David laughed. He laughed. <laughs> David laughed. He's the only person. That's amazing. He really laughed. He really went. <laughs> Even though we've kind of done the joke nearly. He's like patient zero. <laughs> it's a good joke, isn't it, Dave? Because Stockhausen's rubbish. 
<laughs> they're really it's all discordant and stuff, isn't it? But if you listen for long, I presume that's what happens. So there must be. They should have. Well, a I wonder if he even liked it. Probably not. No, probably not. Can't. See if I can get away with this. <laughs> Let that, they're, they're leaving. The two people have taken the. I'll get them on the film. They're in the dark. It was too some, much. Wasn't it? it was people, too far, wasn't it? The yeah, stock. It's too edgy. Having to go to stockhouse. Just too, too edgy. Much. Some things are sacred. Was it when you realised I wasn't Chinese? Was that what? Was that? <laughs> was that what put you off? Have a good uh, train home. Hope you hope you got something out of the evening. He's he's been, That's nice. He's bending down for the camera. But that might. Are you two having an affair? And that's why you're leaving. Like these two. These two at least had the balls to sit in the front row to have their affair. Just, just, have you ever actually had that actual, an actual affair at the front? Of a show. I don't know. Have you? I have, yeah. 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 You've found them out. Yeah. And they've and admitted it. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, because I, I, you know, I ask people stuff. Yeah. And uh, I said, so is this, your, is this your wife? I went. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? So someone else's wife? And she went. <laughs> and there we are. Where do they... And, you know, then you're into... Do, do they, does your wife know where you are? You know, like, it's fucking amazing. It's really wow. funny. Yeah. You've got to feel they have to tell you the truth. It's very odd. <laughs> <laughs> They're not yeah. going to be very good at having an affair if just someone... If are you having an affair? <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. pretend that's what you have to do. You have to be good at lying. It's the lies that get you. That's why I think... Gary Sparrow, the, I think that's why Goodnight Sweetheart never really explored the duplicity through time because he never really felt bad about what he but was doing. But they used to record that in July and put it out in <laughs> September. <laughs> and yeah, so it was, it was a complicated thing, his, his journey through time. But I think you would feel, I think that would be interesting to find if he was really racked with guilt about what he was doing, which I think he would be. What do you think, David, if you were to travel through time in a wormhole, which you could probably create being a nuclear physicist... And you were having an affair with a barmaid in post in the war, and then also were married. I don't know if you are married, but um, you know, yeah, you are. Fine. You'd be all right. You wouldn't feel guilty. <laughs> Your wife might see this. The first rule of having sex through time with two women is you don't you pretend that you wouldn't do that because there's no way you can. You could never get caught, Gary Sparrow. Mm. Except in that episode, of course, when the wife they Did you watch the this? wife came through the wormhole and met Phoebe in the bar. I've got the whole thing on. I've got all of it on. Uh, I, there was a time when I watched them all. They were all on ITV4. And what's that about? Because it's a BBC show, right? Come on. Uh, what, how did the BBC sell it to ITV? That's a sitcom in itself. Uh, so I watched them all. I got quite not obsessed the, with not it. Really? Yeah. Oh. I'm writing a sitcom about um, parallel universes. Ah. I've combined Sliding Doors and Goodnight Sweetheart to create a new thing. Sliding sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fully explore the problems. Really? Yeah. Come off it. Probably already be out by September. <laughs> Given I've not written a word of it yet and I have to learn 12 shows. Uh, anyway. I think we've, we've probably we've driven this into the ground. We've which... driven it into the ground. We were doing well. We should have left when I said. Yeah. yeah. Before we asked them. Leave them wanting. Are you regretting saying you weren't doing what you wanted to see more or were you glad you wanted to see more? No. <laughs> do you want me to do some more? Yeah. yeah we're not going to. All right. They, would, they literally, we, we interested to do one one week. I, I just feel slightly guilty for the people who work in the theatre and would like to go home. Uh, <laughs> George the Sandman there who... 
he just laughed at that because he wants to go home. But the first rule of Bin Sanga is not to be audible in the podcast. <laughs> for him just go and really laugh because he wants to go home. Yeah, but you earlier on when uh, <laughs> Craig and George came in to yeah. film us in, in yeah, film, and our secret bit for the you get exclusive backstage, backstage yeah, footage. Really, really exciting to yeah. get that extra little nugget, isn't it? And um, they came in, uh, Craig and George came in, and Rich went, this is Craig and George. And you know what he did? He, he immediately made the cameraman more important because he said his name first. Yeah. You see? You created hierarchy, you're oppressing George. George and created a jibe hierarchy. About, jibe about George. Yeah. You know. But then George is, like, becoming a character and is like a mysterious figure. <laughs> Everyone knows he's packed there, but no one knows what he looks like. <laughs> he's worried he'll lose work by becoming a notoriously, you know, because he messes everything up. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> And he's worried that by me saying that, that will lose him work in the future. Because <laughs> his full name comes up in the credits, if you want to check him out. Uh, but he's very, he's actually, he's quite, he's, you know, for the money, he's very good. <laughs> you can't expect to get all the sounds for the amount we're paying. You know, no one's going to hear any of this. <laughs> he has the power. He has, he has the power. If he was any good, he could make that happen <laughs> and stop it. <laughs> But he isn't good enough. <laughs> He's very good. If you want, to, if you need anyone to record some sound, any of you uh, at home, probably at home. Is anyone looking for someone to record some sound? If you don't mind him laughing over well, what you're, you're doing, if you're, you're going to have an affair in 1946, you probably need to record some sound of you still being in the house. Yeah, that could work. To play to your wife. That could work. I'm upstairs. Yeah. But Craig's like really good. He works on um, he works on Sunday brunch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sunday lunch. What's it called? What's that thorn in the morning? Sunday brunch. Sunday brunch. It's on in the morning. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and he works on the right stuff sometimes. Yeah, like proper TV shows. That's Math- Matthew Wright hosts that. Yeah, he's good. It's brilliant the way those names work. Yeah. <laughs> Does Ian brunch do Sunday brunch? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we should. Um, yeah. We'll probably cut all this bit out, yeah. apart from the bit about George. George laughed. He laughed again. <laughs> <laughs> can you pick up your own laughter on the mics, George, or not? No, but can you? What? You just said something Shh. then, mate. Shut up, George. <laughs> not supposed to reply. He's falling for it every time. It's brilliant. George, you're right. He's learning. He's, He's learning. learning. Yeah. He's actually just laughing. Him He's walking out. <laughs> It's just pulled out the tape and ripped it to part because that's how we do it now. Uh, we're going to go. It's been very nice yeah. uh, to see you all. Thank you for coming along. Uh, we're doing another one next time, which is sold out with uh, Limmy and uh, Joe Lysett. It's going to be lots of fun. Oh, wow. So that's the last two in this series, and then there'll be more. We might do another kickstart for the next series, but it's probably finished by now by the time you're hearing this. Uh, hope, thank And if we don't donate, we won't really see it anyway. Get okay, thank you very much. Give me a round of applause, Al Murray. He's why you're here. You have been listening to Richard Herring that described the Inner Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Al Murray. It was the music was by Pets. Uh, the people we have to thank are everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre and everyone at GoFasterStripe.com especially Chris Evans not that one no not that one no not that one the one from GoFasterStripe it's easy to remember it is a it was produced by Dave Cribb let's not forget him he's got ginger hair look out for him and it is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production 
Thank you very much for listening. Go to gofasterstripe.com if you want to buy a DVD or a badge to help us make further internet stuff. Go to richchain.com to see all my gigs and dates coming up, uh, which will help support me and my family, unlike the rest of this work. Uh, so... I have to say thank you very much to everyone who contributed to the to the Kickstarter Rahalastapa Rahalastapa campaign. All of their names are read out now. Just just enjoy this. Here they come: Matthew Smith, Ewan Duncan, Rob Applin, Darren Foote, Colin Anderson, Raymond Harpney, Kevin Tipcorn, Steve Mash, Dean Ratland, Gaynor Wilson, Adam Queck. Stuart Fawcett, Tim Turner, Julian Benton, Thomas Baldwin, Lauren Pilkington, Matthew Blackburn, Neil Martin, Jack Burton, Fraser Levy, Gina Lynn, Paul Jeffrey, Rob Ward, Robert Tang Richardson, Leo Vagoda, Carol Forster, Icky Cower, Colm McGonagall, Aurora Watters, Jake, Heather Henderson, Simon Carl, Christine Sato, David Collier, Jijin John, Roy Owens, Matthew Poynton, and Matthew Bob. Ellie Foster, Hannes Fors, wonder where that's from, or Hannes Fors, I don't know. Ben Golding, didn't he write Lord of the Flies? Russell Ash, Ian Bradburn, Chris Booker, James Carrier, ha, okay, carry stuff. Dave McMullen and Jan Van Hoy Smith. Come on, that's not, that's the joke one this week, Chris. No one's falling for it. Thank you very much. There will be another Kickstarter campaign. If you want to help us make some more of these, go to kickstarter.com slash and and we'll search for RHLSTP and hopefully you'll find it. Thanks for listening. Go away now. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.